Hello everyone, I'm Yvonne Edoutu and this is Beautiful My Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Beautiful Mind Podcast. So today's episode, I have my mom with me. Join me in welcoming Mrs. Bukala Olutu. Hi mama, welcome to the show. Thank you daughter. I'm glad to be on your show today. <laughs> Since you are number one fan of you. <laughs> I'm my daughter's number one fan all the time. I want to ask you, what are some of your earliest memories? Oh, my memory goes back to when I was about um, four years and we lived in Lagos. I remember going to the bar beach, the popular bar beach in Lagos State in Nigeria with the landlord, the empire and Lady Williams. They're of blessed memory now. We were their tenants and they were so fond of us. So each time they went to Bar Beach on relaxation, they took us, especially the youngest ones. So I remember vivid. I still remember very clearly going with them to the Bar Beach and making sandcastles. So Lagos, Nigeria, how long did you live in Lagos? And what other places did you live or grew up in? I was born in Lagos 56 years ago and um, precisely 1963. And I lived in Lagos up until six, seven years. It was good. I later moved to Ibadan when my father was transferred. When he moved his family out of Lagos to Ibadan, I schooled in Ibadan, my primary education. Schooled, had my secondary. I went to Bodija International School, also University of Ibadan, staff school, and then moved on to St. Teresa's College in 1974, was there up until 1977, and then relocated to Akure, when the state was created, my father retired from Ibadan after that and moved the whole family back to Akure. So 1977, precisely, I moved to Akure and I was a student of St. Louis Grammar School, Akure, where I finished from in 1980. From there, I went to, high, I went to Adiyemi College of Education, Ondo, and presently I live in Ondo Town in Ondo State, where I reside with my family and where I work. So what was it like being in your 20s? Beautiful. I, I started my um, NYSC in my early 20s, 2021 precisely. That was 1984 and got married at 22. That's 1985. So my 20s, I was already a married woman nursing my lovely babies, my lovely baby daughters, wonderful children. And as a married woman, young mother, very active and committed Christian, a school teacher, dynamic person, it was fun. It was fun. I really had grace to combine all these roles. And I will say that looking back, it was fun. I wouldn't say it was really hectic. It was, it was okay. So is there anything you would like to say to your tw- your 20 self right now? Like if you look back, do you think you achieved everything you wanted to achieve in your 20s? Ah, looking back at my 20s self, I married as an NC holder. 
And that was because I finished my NC in 1984 and the lovely man that I was due to marry then, who I'm currently married to, I'm presently married to, I'm married for life, was already set to get married. So after my NC, I needed to get married before I proceeded on my degree. So looking at my 20 self, I will say that, okay, probably if my husband wasn't ready, then I would have pursued my degree and my master's level. But then having lovely babies and being young and active to take care of my children, I will say I don't have any regrets. It's, it's good to hear that you don't regret having me in your 20s. Okay, so and speaking of which, you mentioned your career. So can you tell us how your career life has been since you started working in your 20s and you're still working now? So having been able to combine motherhood with career and your other passions. Thank you. That's a beautiful question. I'd always loved to work in particularly working with young people. Uh, A lot of people find themselves in teaching, not because they're passionate about teaching, not because it was their first love or their first choice. I went into teaching because I love working with young people. Though initially I wanted to be a lawyer, but thank God my second girl is a lawyer now, so she got that and she's solving that all for me. But I veered into teaching and... When I started teaching in 19, I had my first stint with um, teaching was in 1980. When I finished school, I worked for a year. My daughter is hearing that for the first time. I worked for a year while preparing for JAMP. That was because I was free education and the government was looking for teachers. And then I went on for further studies to Adiemi College of Education, where I had my first degree in fine arts. And when I started work in 1985, Nigeria was good back then. Once you graduate, either NC or degree, you got a job. I finished serving August. I got a job in September. And working in St. Louis Secondary School Lundo was beautiful. The girls are fabulous, wonderful, intelligent girls. So it was just a smooth transition for me. I enjoyed work all through. I will say... My career as a teacher for 28 years, I do not have any regrets. I enjoyed working with the children. I worked in St. Louis for 26 years as a teacher, as an administrator, as a counselor. Then I had to move to two other schools. and But I had beautiful experiences working with very intelligent students. It was interesting, but I'd always been passionate about counseling. So there along the line, I had to... Um, Pause for a while, and 2001 to 2003, I went to U.S. for my master's in counseling. And currently, since 2014, I've been practicing as a professional counselor in the Counseling and Human Development Center of Adiemi College of Education, Undo, a job I enjoy doing. Beautiful. So how do you handle all this? How do you manage? You mentioned that you love working with young people and you have four children, you have a career in counseling, teaching, and all that. How was it like raising four children, four biological children, and many others? The good, the bad, the ugly side of raising children. Thank you. I thank God very sincerely for the opportunity of raising four biological children. 
and many other wonderful children. I believe that those who are not my biological children have been brought across my path by destiny and by God, and it's really been very interesting. Um, Raising my children has been a beautiful experience in the sense that I come from a large family, a family of 10 children, and I happen to be number five. I'm a reader, and my husband and I love, we're passionate about marriage and family. So it wasn't just a responsibility thrusted upon me. I read, and I've been reading. I read back then, I still read, and I look forward to reading. So from the books, I learned a lot about raising children, about marriage and family. And then I, my husband and I were determined to raise godly, disciplined lovely and balanced children. My children were a handful when they were growing up. Each of them was different. My interviewer, Udiri Edolutu, was like me in some ways. So it enabled me to understand her. And Ufomao, fabulous first daughter, Ejiro, the only son, and Keve, And Shade and some other wonderful people God brought into my life. I will say that my parenting style evolved over the years. There were styles and and strategies I had to adopt. There were some I dropped. There were some that didn't work. There were styles I had to change. And then I had to read up some styles. And a lot of times I asked God for wisdom. Because I recognized very early, before a child was born, that each child had a different destiny and each child had a different purpose. And I had to seek God's face alongside my husband. Lord, why are you giving us this child? What is it about this child? And up till now, we're still learning. They're grown. But I'm still parenting. I'm a mother for life. So I'm still learning. I learned on the job because I became a mother very, very early, but in marriage, as young as 22 plus. And over the years, because I've read, I have watched, I watched my mom, I watched people around me, I read books, I listened to messages, adopted the strategies, and God gave me wisdom. And I will say that parenting has been wonderful because right from the onset, I recognized that Parenting isn't a part-time job. It's a full-time job. So I paid higher attention, priority to it than even my career. Because I knew that at the end of the day, long after I have retired, I will still be with my family. And my husband and I were determined to have lovely children. And I must say at this juncture that God blessed us with wonderful children. And we are truly thankful, I in particular. Okay, so you don't think there's just one typeset for motherhood? Like, there's no. Everybody, you're just winging it as you're going. Is that what you're telling us? Do you have any favorites? Or would you advise any parents out there to have favorites? There is no one style fits all when it comes to motherhood or parenting. Children differ, mothers differ. We are products of our background. And it's good to understand that. When a child is born, a child either adopts the traits of the father or the mother. And so you cannot beat out of a child what is in you or in your partner. 
My advice to parents is, first of all, know yourself. Know what your role entails. Know what your responsibility is. Understand what parenting requires. And then be the best mother you are, you can be to your children. Favorites. Favorites. No, that was a wonderful counsel my mother-in-law gave me as a young mother of 22. She called me outside when I got married and she said, Buki, make sure you don't have a favorite out of your children. Don't say this is an only son, this is the firstborn, this is the one that is gentle, this is the one that is nicer. Love all of them equally and don't have a favorite. And I still mentioned it today without knowing that um, I was going to be asked this question. That was really great wisdom. And over the years, I love my children. They're all very unique, very, very unique and very different. And I respect and appreciate them for who they are. I don't have a favorite amongst them. Each one at times feel they're my favorite. And at times they feel another person is mommy's favorite. But I'm declaring it openly. I don't have a favorite. I should be the favorite since I look like you. <laughs> it should be me, 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 me. You know the issue of mothers pressuring their children, their daughters to get married. You got married at 22 and I'm 29 and I'm married. How does that make you feel? What? Thank you very much. Uh, while I'm trying to remember what, um, what, what the most exciting experience of recent. Not recent, in the past. In the past. Ah, I've had many exciting moments. Okay. moment I had my first baby. The moment my children, daughter. Very nice. And when my daughter started school, when my children started evolving, each time a child started school, transited to secondary school, graduated from high school, entered the university, passed an exam, each time a child performed well, each time a child said something nice. I remember when my daughter said, Mommy, you are my, you are my role model. Oh, it blew my mind. I said, I give myself, I score myself high, even if the society doesn't rate me high. My, I, my, the feedback I'm getting from my children is wonderful. When they do well in their exams, when they get jobs, when my firstborn married, when I had a grandbaby, when I graduated from school, when I turned 40, turned 50, got a new job, I'm ever so grateful. So, so grateful. So now to the second question. I married at 22. I marriage, marriage means something different to different people. I married at 22 because the wonderful husband, the wonderful man I married was set to marry. He was 28 plus and was eager to get married, having graduated from school for over six years. And I was just finishing my NC. But then, if he wasn't set to marry, I would have proceeded on to my um, degree and probably married later. So having a child um, wait till late 20s before getting married or without getting married doesn't make me anxious. My concern is how that person feels. If she doesn't feel, feel sad, feel too disturbed, then I'm in the boat with her. I'm there to encourage her because what is important is not that she gets married in a hurry because her friends are married, 
But what is important is she gets the right person, the person she loves, the person she respects, the person she's ready to share her life with. So my role as a parent and alongside my husband is praying for them, for her, talking to her, talking with her, encouraging her and giving wise counsels and just being there for her. Because we know for sure that the right wonderful guy will show up one day. And when he comes, it will be easy to know that this is the man we've been waiting for. Okay, so you said something about um, marriage is different. Oh, how will you explain marriage? So how will you explain marriage? Or is it the whole wedding ceremony that makes people so eager? I remember once I asked you to say I'm married. I said it's like <laughs> bona It's be dry, it's be dry, it's be sweet. I can't remember. I just thought I laughed so hard in there. I can't remember. I just said it's like what kind of soup? I don't know why. <laughs> Odi is a wonderful girl. She makes you laugh when she interviews you. Marriage is interesting. <laughs> It is the coming together of two unique individuals. Holes, not two halves. Holes. When you have two holes coming together, you have a stronger hole. And when I say strong, I mean strong <laughs> in the real sense. However, in marriage, it's love that usually brings two people together. It's love that attracted my husband to me. I accepted his love. I considered it and I saw somewhere in my heart that I loved him. Now I cannot say who loved the other more, but there was love there. However, I was ready. I knew marriage would come and I was ready for marriage. I was emotionally ready, even though I was young, but I think I had the maturity of somebody much older. Um, all thanks to my background. And when I got married and had my first baby, there was no delay at all. I just, I think my mother was a wonderful role model for, um, for me. I just took on the role of a mother, of a wife very easily. I loved homekeeping. I love housekeeping. I took care of my babies. I was responsible. Then the issue of adjusting to my partner, that's where the work is in marriage. Because I had to do a lot of adjustment. I had to do a lot of adjustment. Adjusting because we had by tribal, we had intertribal, <laughs> we had intertribal marriage, Robo to Yoruba. So I had to adjust to his taste and he had to adjust to mine. So it's, it's not really been only me adjusting because I cannot say that, um, I'm the perfect person for him. He alone can say that. And neither can I say that he is a perfect person for me because there is room for improvement in some areas. However, both of us um, have been compatible. And then both of us were actually willing to adjust. One decision we made right from the outset is that one decision we made right from the outset is it will work. We will give it all it takes to make it work. And then we resorted to praying, we resorted to reading books, we resorted to growing together. We attended marriage seminars, marriage programs, listening to, listened to messages together. So we grew up. There were differences. And it was a marriage I actually learned to communicate. 
people looked at me and felt, oh, Bucky's so friendly. She's she's warm. She should be a good communicator. I wasn't. I couldn't express my feelings. I could get hurt and not be able to speak up about it. But it was in marriage that I learned to share my feelings with my partner. And then I learned to accept my in-laws, very different from mine, different backgrounds. But I learned to accept them. That was challenging a bit. And then I combined uh, being a wife to being a student, to being a mother, to, to teaching my own children, to serving God and to being a counselor. And over the years, I must confess that unlike other marriages, for me, my marriage has been better a lot of people will say, oh, it was the early stage, the honeymoon. Oh, it was so exciting. That was my best. No, my first year was my worst because I was adjusting. I was just learning the ropes and I was asking questions. Is this all there is to marriage? And, and then as I matured and as I learned and understood and as I gave myself to teachings, I became a better wife, a better woman. And my husband became a better man, a better father and a husband. And into 34 years, I will say things have been better. Of recent, I was looking at my husband and I was saying, Ah, oh, thank God, Lord, you're really helping me to love this man the more. Because somewhere, somewhere there, I could see that instead of me getting weary, the Lord is making my heart even softer towards him. More so that he's now in his early 60s and me, I'm shifting to 56. So both of us are aging gracefully together and God's grace has been sufficient. Oh, that's so touching. Okay, so when you're talking about marriage and how you were ready for marriage, you mentioned something about being emotionally ready for marriage. What does that mean? As a marriage counselor, now I'm asking you because you're a marriage counselor. What does it mean to be emotionally ready? So for young people out there, the, let's say 20s, late 20s, or early 30s, and don't think or don't know if they are actually ready for marriage or what it takes. You know, you listen to so many tapes and so many messages and people just assume because you're at this age, you have this job, you make this amount of money, then you should be ready for marriage. But when do you think someone should be ready or when do you think somebody is ready for marriage? Thank you. I will start by saying that why do you think you are not ready for marriage? Because when you think of why you think you are not ready for marriage, that may help you understand how to evaluate yourself and recognize whether you are ready for marriage or not. It's important to ask yourself, what am I going into this relationship with? Why am I getting married? People get married for different reasons. Some want to run away from home. Oh, home environment is tough. Some want to run away from their friends. Some think everyone is talking about them. Some want to be like the Joneses. But someone some, um, out there thinks, oh, I'm mature enough to marry. I met a young man. I met a man like me who is my friend, who is my lover, whom I'm ready to share my life with. And I think we should take this friendship to the next level. And then we fix a date and we get married. So why did I say I was um, mature emotionally for marriage? I think... I had read, I had picture of what marriage was about. I knew who not to marry. 
I was sure of that because being a very beautiful young lady, I had many suitors, some who didn't know God at all, some who loved God, and some who just loved my body. And I knew that I want to share the rest of my life with someone who is godly and someone who has family values. And so having understood that, because I knew that that was the kind of environment I wanted to have as a home and an environment I wanted to raise my children in, I looked out for that. And then when the right person came, I recognized him. But before he came, I prepared myself to be a blessing to the person I will marry. Today, a lot of young people are expecting so much from their partners. And I always ask the question, what are you bringing to the table? Is it about getting a good person? Are you preparing yourself to be a good wife, a good lover, a good mother? And that is one area I like working with people when I'm into premarital counseling. I encourage them. I said, look, you want the best man. God will, if you are not a good daughter, God won't give you his good son to marry you. He won't because it will be unfair. I said, you prepare yourself. Work on yourself. Be a better you. Be appoint- See yourself as being appointed to be a blessing. I know you deserve a good person. Then God will bring a good person along your path. When I say God, does it mean somebody who is unfortunate to get a bad person is a bad person? No. There are times when good people are unfortunate to get bad people. But somewhere out there, something must have happened. Probably, 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 without judging any person, probably some issues that should be considered were ignored and overlooked or downplayed. And the person just wished he he will change over time or she will change over time. But for me, I I read books. I knew the kind of home I wanted. I knew the kind of home I was from. I had an understanding of the role of a wife, the role of a mother. And then I was prepared that it will work because my husband sat me down and said, look, if we're going into this, it must work. Plan B is not opting out. We are going to work at it. It must work. Both of us, we give it our best. And so when I got into marriage, each time I had um, issues that were not clear to me. I had a lot of books. I'm into buying books and reading books. I'll pick up a book and read. And then, interestingly, I will see myself in the picture. And then I would, I would try to adjust. But... All through, I kept working on myself because I actually want to be a good person. I want to be better. And so I kept working on myself, not working myself to just be good for my husband. My husband also kept working on himself to be a better husband, better lover, and better father. So over the years, I will tell a young person, you know, to work on yourself. Understand yourself first. Who are you? What do you want? Why are you going into marriage? What do you know of marriage? What, not just what the society demands of you, but what you think is the proper thing to do to make your relationship work. Then where you think you have challenges or issues, try to develop yourself. And instead of you always thinking the other person is appointed to be a blessing to me, see yourself as appointed to be a blessing to your partner. And it will be nice. Okay, so mommy, and I'd like to know, 
over the course of 34 years that you've been married, can you remember one of the hardest times or one of the most difficult or painful times in this 34 years? Thank you very much. Um, I recall the incident of a great loss we suffered when my third, my second born passed away. She died at the age of one and a half years, a very beautiful girl. And over the, um, before that time, I had never really experienced grief. My parents have 10 children. They had 10 children and the 10 by the grace of God are alive. So that was the closest strong sense of grief I ever felt. And it shook me because I was, that was in my early twenties and I didn't see it coming, even though I have the gift of revelations. And so I was taken unawares and it was a big sense of loss. I grieved and the Lord healed me and the experience brought me closer to God and actually helped me um, in my work as a counselor. Because when you talk of grief and loss, I think I can really empathize more than just sympathize. And I can be there for you, knowing fully well what it feels like to suffer loss or to experience grief. So that was a, a serious moment in my life in the course of 34 years of marriage. But do you think a woman should be treated differently in society from a man? And I'm talking about equal pay, opportunity, job and all that. Women are equal to men. Equal to men. Equal to men. They are not inferior in any way, right from the beginning. When we talk of um, equality, when God created man, the Bible says male and female, the Lord created them. The scripture says he blessed them, male and female. It's when it comes to the issue of marriage, where there is hierarchy. Hierarchy does not mean superiority. Hierarchy is an order in marriage where the scripture says Christ is the head of the man and the man is the head of the woman. Where you have two or three persons, there has to be an accounting officer. There has to be somebody to take responsibility. There has to be somebody to be the chief servant. That is the position of a man in marriage. And when people understand this, they will not misinterpret it to mean inferiority at all. But when it comes to equal pay, it should be the same. There are a lot of women carrying the burden. There are a lot of women, I wouldn't call it a burden. There are a lot of women putting in so much. Because when you are doing anything for your family, it's not a burden as far as I'm concerned. But there are a lot of people carrying the financial responsibility in their homes. By the virtue of their privilege, by the virtue of their job, by the virtue of the opportunity they have. And by the virtue of the, the situation they find themselves. So when it comes to sacrifice, a woman cannot not be higher. And then when it comes to regard and respect and honor and dignity, she cannot be less. So a man and a woman in the sight of God are equal. Male and female, he created them. Male and female, he blessed them. So the society should give and accord the male and the female equal respect and honor and dignity 
And when it comes to job opportunities, if a woman can do it, she should be given the opportunity. When it comes to taxes, a woman should not pay more and the man should have better privileges. I think the society should be fairer to both male and female. Because when it comes to taxes, actually, there are times when men are given rebates, when men are given, they are taxed lesser, yes, in government, in, in, in different establishments. They believe that the men do a lot of, they have more dependence, they do more, um, they pay more money, they do more things, spend higher, but it shouldn't be. Because I remember back then when I started work, they would tell us to send in our tax forms where you put how many dependents. So it's always assumed that the man, if you have a husband, the man is paying more. So he will have less to pay. You will have more to pay. But it shouldn't be. Because even if it's that on paper, in reality, it may not be. So men and women are equal. I'm privileged to have a son and wonderful daughters. And I don't treat them differently. They do the house chores together. They run errands together. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Mommy. It was nice having you on the podcast. So they still do that in government. So they still do that in government. Tax forms, more Oh, so eh, more. You don't even know what they are taking for tax. I must say, but initially, I'm tax form. I got dependent. So people, why why are the women to writing now? I to suck. We want dependent. No. What's up? Somebody depends, Gloria.